Real quick, fun fact, I just finished recording, and yes, this is a little bit longer of an episode than expected, but it is worth it, so please enjoy. I wanted to let you know, I talk a lot about the movie 83 Days in this. It's a short film, it's game changer, the awards it's won, it's just absolutely phenomenal, it just took the world by storm, and rightfully so. Well, turns out, that there is a world launch viewing and let me see if I can pull this back up. So there's a world launch viewing at so right now it's a countdown and it's 15 hours, 44 minutes, nope, 43 minutes, 58 seconds because it happened today, June 16th. So it's showing, I it looks like 6.30 p.m. ET, Eastern time, 3.30 p.m. Pacific time. Um, So yeah, I'm going to share that link with you. And again, like I mentioned later, you you can find it other ways, but this will be like a world viewing link. And I thought that would be great. And I plan on watching it too. So I hope you enjoy the episode and I hope you check that out and click that link and enjoy the movie and share it with everyone. Share it with everyone. It's so, so good. Earth to Brit can be found wherever you go for your next podcast fix. My handle on Instagram and Facebook is Earth to Brit Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Earth to Brit Pod. Emails can be sent to earth to Brit.podcast at gmail.com. The podcast website is www.anchor.fm slash earth to Brit. Remember, Brit is spelled with two T's. B-R-I-T-T. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. This is a Yellow Wave production. Why would they kill me for something I didn't do? This right here is the number one question. The question that a 14-year-old innocent black teenager, but really is 14 teenager? I mean, I guess, but uh, (laughs) think about when you're 14. I don't know. It just seems so young. And by the way, this crime that he did not commit that he's being executed for, it occurred when he was 13 a baby. So anyway, back to what I was saying. (laughs) That might happen a lot this episode, just an FYI. Why would they kill me for something I didn't do? This is the question that a 14-year-old innocent black teenager asked before being executed in 1944's Jim Crow South. And it's a question that the Square One Project which, by the way, recently held its first roundtable in North Carolina, and that's kind of where this whole episode comes from. It stems from this roundtable and the information that came from it. This question is something that everyone who hears about this case continues 
to grapple with. What the, like a what the fuck? Well, it's actually, unfortunately, it's not hard to explain why. Uh, Which makes it even worse. So, also, real quick. Did you just hear me say North Carolina? Do you guys remember Solitary, the episode I did a couple weeks ago or a month or two months ago? I honestly don't even know how long ago it was, but Solitary. I based that episode off of a shit ton of research that I found from North Carolina prison. And I also mentioned my prisoner that I write to for um, Write a Prisoner, the ad that you hear quite often in, in these episodes. That's where he's located as well, Central Prison in North Carolina. What the fuck is going on there? Why? I mean, racism is everywhere. We know that, especially now. If you didn't know it before, you know it now. And if you don't know it now, you're in denial and I'm coming for you as well as the rest of the world. Enjoy your last minutes with your head in the sand because it is time's up. It's over. You cannot do that anymore. And we are here to make sure that that does not continue to happen. So I'm not kidding right now. Enjoy your your time because it's the last you're going to have because this I'm done with this shit and so is the world and I'm so here for it which by the way yeah I'm gonna go ahead and just say it that's a whole other podcast it's not even just another episode that's a whole other network of a podcast I could do separately on just that anyway we are here to talk about the tragedy the most not most this is the worst part I am so fired up, by the way, if you can't tell. I am fucking angry, and I hope you are too, and I hope you stay that way. Do not go back to sleep. Do not do not be placated by anyone or anything. Stay angry, stay hungry, stay mad, for real, because it's time is up. For, I'm not kidding. Just to paint a little bit of a picture for you about how amped up I am about this, I am in my son's little tent that we have downstairs. I've got the lights on. I've got everything set up. It's actually, the sound quality is pretty good so far. I'm wondering why I didn't do this sooner. I also feel very very safe. I'm like in a fort. Ask any introvert out there. Give us a fort and a book or a project, something that we love, and we will thrive. And I feel like that's exactly what I'm doing right now. I'm thriving. And then you throw on this topic of something I am so passionate about and finally have support with it from everyone. I mean, this, it's a really, really, this is the best time to be alive. And I have a feeling that I'm like one in five where I live who feels that way. Everyone else is just wine baby, crying a sob story. Like, shut the fuck up. Do you hear yourself? I guarantee you, if you are any sort of decent human being in, I hope it's not 10 years, but let's, you know what? I'll be lenient. I'll I'll be super nice. I'll give you 10 years. You look back on this shit in 10 years, not only are you going to be so embarrassed by your behavior your thought pattern which don't be that's the thing here this is the most beautiful invitation to acknowledge the fact that you don't know shit and be rewarded for it just come out and say i don't know 
I probably am racist. I probably have racist thoughts. And you will be applauded and accepted and loved and like given a little virtual hug right now. Why the fuck wouldn't you want that? And why do you not want for everyone to be loved and appreciated and on equal playing field? If you don't want that, you are insecure or something like that. I don't even, I don't know. This is, by the way, that last little part about being insecure, I don't know for sure. That is not fact necessarily. That is my, me trying to figure out why this is not, like, why is this an issue? How is this not accepted worldwide? I do, I seriously do not understand. And I am very good at putting myself in everyone's shoes, even the perpetrator, like with murderers. I do it all the time. I'm like, yeah, yeah, this guy killed this guy. That's shitty as fuck. But then can you imagine his, and I go into his childhood and all of that. And I'm not, it's not an excuse. It's just a where he's at or she type of thing. Like, I just, I don't know how people can't put themselves in every person's shoe pair of shoes in any situation of involvement or conflict or anything. That's all I do. I don't even know how not to do. I can't turn that off if I tried. Uh, That just sounded like a brag session. Not true. All I'm saying is I'm trying to, I see, I'm doing this right now. I'm trying to put myself in that person's shoes that's not on the same page as me. And I can't, this is the one time I can't do it. I don't understand what the fuck is wrong with you. I mean, I could see if it was a time or a place, even in small towns, like it doesn't matter. Everyone everywhere is so open and willing. Like, hey, all you have to do is say maybe, not even admit anything. Say, maybe I might have racist thoughts. Can can you teach me more about that? Or can I ask you questions or can I at least be curious about it? Even just nudging and leaning into that light of curiosity and love and asking questions and just being open. Stay fucking open. That's all you have. That is literally all you have to do. Just the world is not only so accepting of that right now and rewarding it, we are begging for it. I mean, what the fuck do you need? I feel like if you're not on that level right now, I don't know that I want you in my life in any way, shape, or form. And I'm not even saying we have to agree. We can argue for days and debate. I don't give a fuck about that. It's the basic fucking values of human life. I haven't even started talking about my case. Am I going to be able to do this? I don't know. Okay, I'm going to rein it in because this is important. This case is important. His story is important. I am just truly dumbfounded right now with some behavior that I have witnessed and dealt with personally um, with what's going on, which is a basic like, how are we not? We should have been doing this and living this way from the fucking beginning. So. That aside, we are going to talk about this precious little boy who, I know he's 13, but you guys, that's little. Like, when I was 13, I was still 
trying to, f- I, there was no way I was wearing makeup. I know it's different now. That's for damn sure. But when I was 13, I wasn't wearing makeup or anything like, maybe I was curious about it, but f- I was a child. I mean, just, I guess maybe the best thing to do for this is just think about when you were 13. Okay. And that's right now. And we're in 2020. So when you were 13, whatever year it was for you, excuse me, for you, for George Stinney Jr., that was 1944. Actually, no, I, it might've been 1943. It was when he was executed was 44. Basically, I'm too passionate right now to even get my facts straight, but regardless, the crime happened. He was 13. He was executed at 14 and that happened in 44. So 43 or 44, big diff kidding it's not at all it's probably all the same which is a long ass time ago and if you think about it we were just coming out of world war ii so there's that going on there's also racism which is still going on and how is that true i don't know but on top of that he is located in south carolina north carolina i know all about full of racism i don't understand I don't understand how it's existing ever. I, and I don't understand how certain areas are even worse. Like what? I have to just let this go because we will sit here forever listening to me repeat myself over and over saying the same thing in different ways. All right, let's go. Before George Stinney became the youngest American to be executed in the past century at 14 years old, before he was inmate number 260, before his total surrender and absolute lost mugshot became famous. You guys, by the way, this mugshot in it, he completely, he knows he's resigned. He has, there's nothing he can do. It's absolutely tragic. Before that became famous, before he was hauled away by a bunch of white men in black cars, what was he? He was a son. He was a brother. He was especially loved by his younger sister, Amy Ruffner. So George and Amy lived with their other siblings and their parents, obviously, in a three-room house that was owned by the lumber company that was the main factory, the main job provider in Alkaloo, South Carolina. Side side note, I don't know that I'm saying that correctly. I'm probably not, but just if you live there, I am so sorry if I'm saying it incorrectly. I hope no one's offended, but let's focus on the actual story, and that is George's story. That's all I'm asking. Just a small request. So that, again, is in South Carolina, and just like a ton of other segregated communities across the Jim Crow South, which would be a place where white and black laborers are separated. That's what Jim Crow is. It's segregation. They work side by side in the sawmill, but once work's done, they separate to different neighborhoods, different churches, different everything. And what is crazy about this is that different neighborhood is separated by a set of railroad tracks 
does anyone have a, an alarm bell going off in their minds? Like, wait, why is that sound familiar? That would probably be because of the term, and I'm going to use this, just a simple example. Oh, so-and-so, he was born on the wrong side of the tracks, or he lives on the wrong side of the tracks. We've all said it. We've all said it. But did we even know what we were saying? There's countless other examples like that that are actually rooted in racism. And this is one of many things I'm talking about when I say that you do not have to be an ignorant. You No, you do actually. ignorant. Racism is ignorant. You do not have to be that person blatantly and openly hating and discriminating against other people. And right now we're focusing on blacks. That doesn't have to be the case. You can be like, oh, but I, I mean well and I love everyone and I just want the best for everyone. And that could be true for you, but that you could still be racist. You can still have racist thoughts. And that's what I'm saying. You don't even know them because you're so, they're ingrained in us, okay? And nobody did anything wrong. We were just taught this and passed this down, but now we know better. So now is the last time we can say no one did anything wrong necessarily if you're just not even aware of your own racist thoughts, feelings, what prejudices, stereotypes, all that. But from here on out, there's no excuse, okay? We've been invited, and it's an RSVP-type situation where you can't just throw that card away and not reply because it's not you, you don't have that option. You have to say yes or no. Yes, I am willing to learn. Yes, I am willing to sit in my discomfort. Yes, I am willing to be uncomfortable most of the time. Yes, I am willing to sit there and have something flash in my memory of something I said or thought or did and cringe. And yes, I will stay with that. And yes, I will move forward because that is what is happening. Or you can say no. And you have that right. But I will tell you this right now. You will pay for that. That is not a threat. That is a fact. You, if you are not willing right now to grow, you will, you will pay for that in some way, shape or form and you will be left behind. Because there is no time for that bullshit. I'm being as gentle and as positive and nice and open and friendly as I can. And there are others like me doing the same. And I'm still going to mess up. That's the other thing. I, just because I'm like realizing all of this right now, just like everyone else who's acknowledging it at least, doesn't mean that I've got it right now and I'm going to keep on just getting better and better. Yeah, I am going to get better and better, but I'm going to mess up along the way. But you bet your ass I will own it when I do and I will see it for what it is, which is practice. Okay, you can't just be perfect at everything, especially right after you learn something. And I've learned that even myself, who I, if you had asked me before any of this happened, before any of this movement picked up momentum, I would have thought for sure that I was absolutely on par. I was, there was no racist thoughts, no racist anything, but I'm learning that's just simply not true. And I am saying that knowing that I don't know where most of mine lies. I, I've only seen a few things and it's from my past that were well-intentioned, but still, all I'm saying is it's now or never and it's yes or no. I, I really am trying to be very kind and open and not react when people react to me. Um, but that's only, that's only for so long because I, if you're not even willing to just like wake up and shut up 
and at least fucking just listen for a second. I, people, including myself, are going to lose patience soon, and you're just gonna, you're gonna be left behind, and you're gonna suffer for that. And I don't want that for anyone because the more of us who get on board with this, because it's fact, the better off we all are, okay? So, sidebar over, and let's continue. Maybe, hold on. The microphone is blocking my face recognition, which is weird because I feel like I'm always behind this thing. I find that when I try to open up my phone and I'm eating something, it doesn't have a problem. Should not have a problem when I'm in front of a microphone because that's pretty much the other half of my life. Okay, um, let's see. So yeah, the railroad track uh, comment. Who would have thought, right? So on March 25th, 1944, the bodies of two white girls who had gone missing the day before were found in a watery ditch on the property of George Burke Sr., who happened to be a very prominent manager at said sawmill where everyone pretty much works and earns their living. So like power move number one, even though it's not necessarily intentional, like this is not ideal. It was his search party specifically who discovered the corpses. They had been bludgeoned to death and pinned beneath a bicycle that they were seen riding. So, unfortunately, which I say unfortunately because we know what happens, spoiler alert, yet again, like there's about 500 in this episode. It is what it is. Um, George and Amy were among a group of the last people to see the girls alive. That doesn't mean shit, but it does here. And that's where the unfortunately comes in. That same afternoon, George was led from his home in handcuffs as his sister Amy was cowering in the family's chicken coop, absolutely terrified. It all kind of went down real quickly. She was screaming after him and asking, are you leaving me? <laughs> Seriously, you guys, I how am I going to get through this without crying? I don't know. I, I know I won't, but I'm going to do my best. So those were the last words she would say to her brother. So like most small towns, news spreads super quickly about the most mundane, stupid gossip. So something like this, you can only imagine, can you just do it right now? Close your eyes and imagine how quickly this is getting around. Very quickly. Right after this, George, his dad was fired from his job at the sawmill. And his family was forced to flee town and they were chased. So behind them was chasing after them a huge lynch mob, which lynch mobs, um, a lot of people associate that, myself included, with hangings. That's not true. What it is is a group of citizens and civilians who would chase black people and kill them. It's terrifying. It's absolutely astounding that this was a thing and again it's like I I can't help but think about the big picture so we're we've got this 14 year old boy who we are accusing of this murder and if you've watched just watched the film 83 days I'm going to try to find the exact link to it um and if I if I can't do that I apologize but you I mean you should be able to find it yourself too uh it's called 83 days like I said this is a short film that was just absolutely amazing. I mean, it just brought to light so many issues. It won so many awards. 
at all sorts of film festivals, a whole list of them for real. Um, and it, and they actually are because it did so well and was so well received and eye opening and um, just an absolutely amazing way of telling this horrible true story that is um, embarrassing as an American to be honest, but uh, they plan on doing a bigger film as soon as they get the funding. So that's exciting. But in this film, it, it is so sad. Like this little boy, he's 14 and he's, he's not doing anything wrong. He's trying to answer their questions and they are basically forcing him. It, just watching it, I it's one of those times where if you've ever watched or heard something and you're just, you, you're, you can literally feel your blood boiling and you just get so angry and you don't know how you can't see anything but red it was like that for this entire movie for me (sighs) I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it anyway it's he didn't have a choice okay and then not to mention I'm going to also send a link that a while not too long ago a couple weeks ago this very very well described video that totally just make breaks down racism and where it comes from and how it still exists today in ways that you might not recognize, which I was talking about earlier. It it was popping up all over the place. And I so I watched it because I just kept seeing it pop up. I'm like, okay, this is obviously worth worth my time. And it was so very good. And so I'm going to share that with you. But in it, it explains the work housing and how that it was like a business thing to begin with and how it kept black people at a disadvantage. And you just don't ever stop to think like how, okay, that's crazy. Like you think what it's all us or how we're behaving. And yeah, that's part of it. But there's also, there were literal roadblocks and physical things that prevented black people and they still do workhouse projects projects, stuff like that, that keep them at a disadvantage. I was floored, absolutely floored. And yes, I am telling, I'm, I'm admitting this on air. I apparently am very naive to this day. And, but the thing about me is once I learn something, I never go back and I, I just, I take it to town. Like I go to town with what I learn. And this is one of those times I will never, ever, 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 ever let that be forgotten. And it is only going to give me more fuel to my fire for sure. But basically, if you think about this fact that his dad is fired the same day that he's arrested for nothing, remind yourself of this often. um, What are you going to do when that's how you have the house that you have is because of your job? Not to mention all of that aside, which is a huge issue in and of itself, you've got a mob of people who are they're going to kill you. That's what they're, that's why they're chasing you. Picture, just if anyone out there with children, picture, I just picture my, this happening with my son and you, you, there's no way I wouldn't do something to stop it, but no, she couldn't. No one could do anything because of the fact that they were black one. And number two, the police had already decided they had already decided that this was going to happen. Case solved. Like, so frustrating for so many different reasons. I just can't, it's kind of like the situation where somebody has just had their world turned, not even just upside down, completely inside out. It's just fucked up beyond all recognition. And then there's this 
we're going to do this. Now you're fired. Now you have to move. Oh, now people are trying to kill you. All the while, your son was just taken by people who have no, they do not have his best interest at heart. They do not have the best interest of who actually killed these girls at heart. They don't give a fuck. They're going to say that this kid did it and done easy work day. And I do get the, I have the right to say that because that's exactly what turns out to happen. So all of that goes on. And then hold on. So I forgot where this George Burke. Um, okay. So I can't remember exactly how he comes into this story, but George Burke, I know it's confusing because of the name, same name, but he ends up serving as a foreman on the coroner's inquest jury and was also a member of the special grand jury that was convened to hear George's case, despite also being named a witness. I'm sorry, did what? So he's a witness to the crime and he's serving as form like how does this work how is it he's a wit there were no witnesses did you do it george not george stinney but this other dude seriously what the what is even happening i just i can't do this okay so i have to so here we go um not to mention this is the other real shitty part so i watched another movie the current it was just another short film. It was basically just trying to summarize everything through acting, which was nice too, to not just read about it, but to see see it portrayed right before my eyes. Um, excuse me. And so his mom shows up at the prison and was like telling him, I'm sorry, I wanted your sister to come, but I didn't want to scare her. And seeing you here, I think would it would just be too much for her. And he... She's just like trying to comfort him and say that once the jury sees the truth, like it's not even a thought in her mind that this is actually going to happen. And that's because she is a good human being. Okay. And she believes in the system, but the system does not work. Not, oh, I'm going to get myself in trouble. So it, I, I have a lot of feelings about that even currently, but let's just focus on this time era and keep myself out of the completely hot water. Um, the system definitely doesn't work in this era for all the reasons, because their absolute foundation is it's shit it cannot work when it's like this. Um, yeah, so we're going to get into that in a minute. I'm getting ahead of myself, but she's basically just like comforting him like any fucking mother would telling him when it's all over and they see him and how what a nice and kind boy he is. And notice again the word boy because he's a boy. He's 14. I'm so sickened. I want to throw up and cry and punch something all at the same time for like two weeks straight researching and diving into this story. I just, it's heartbreaking. So she's trying to comfort him and she truly believes this because you have to, you have to believe that the system will work and that justice, whatever that even means, that um, accountability for who actually committed this crime will happen. But guess what? Unfortunately, that's not the goal. The goal is to show action to people and not accuracy. 
The criminal system, it, it's, it's in dire, it's an absolute dire need of correction at foundational level. And then all the way up to the top, from the bottom to the top, people, for real. Just picture that we need a we need to just gut this mother. We need to knock it down and start from the bottom all the way up, roots to the top, all new. And it just needs to happen. It's inevitable. The building is crumbling. It's going down. The ship is going down. So she does. She doesn't know that yet. She can't. She's got to take one step at a time. And she's also fucked because she's black. And her son. It's it's just. It's like knowing the outcome and then watching and thinking about her and him and everyone involved and it just makes you sick it really is a lot to deal with um so she's telling him all of this and then he asks her if she's going to come to the trial and <laughs> again the irony and just like i just want to punch them all so badly you guys i really need to control my anger right now but it's so difficult it's so fucking difficult so she has to then apologize to her son that she will not be there because she cannot be there because black people are not allowed in the courtroom. Weird, because they have a black person in the courtroom defending himself for a crime he didn't commit. But I mean, just fuck you, history. Seriously, you can go fuck yourself. Okay, I'm, I gotta stop. I know this is explicit label, but I, you know, there's... There's enough going on here. I need to just rein it in. Um, oh, of course, I say that as I forget this very next part is just one of the parts that makes me even more angry than I just was. Okay. So the local authorities at the trial are basically like so many lies by the way saying he he admitted it his confession he didn't at all he was so for he they wouldn't even let him see his mom he was not doing anything wrong he was he never admitted to anything they just lied and made it hap, made it happen because they could and so they mentioned that which the jury is hearing by the way you want to know what's super weird get this His, the jury was all white men. And again, remember that one person I mentioned who was, he was a witness was also on. Oh, you guys, I think the way I, okay, I was not understanding that because in the movie that wasn't the case. I think what they're saying is he was being named a named witness like on the stand and he was also in the jury okay that's still fucked up i was gonna say if there's a witness to the crime that that means that's the perpetrator <laughs> okay okay that makes more sense so they've got someone who's going to be a witness for the trial who's also on the jury so messed up that is so i can't, I can't even focus on that so yeah the whole jury all white men all white men again <laughs> how did we get by with this bullshit how did we do this and and call it law i i'm so blown away i mean don't get me wrong there's still a lot of shit that going on right now to this day but this is like 
whoa, okay, so I'm just going to have to spit this out and get through it because it is what it is. And what it is is a hot mess. All white men, the trial, by the way, do you guys want to know how long the trial took? Three hours. I don't even know how that's possible. How do you get through anything? Like you don't even get through sometimes the opening statements in three hours. What the, or all the witnesses, I don't understand this. I don't understand. I'm so uncomfortable with all of this and it's, it's hard to get past that. And it, you know what? Use that. It should be. Like I say all the time, stay angry, stay mad, stay hungry. Please use this as the fuel. Stay angry for real. And when you're struggling with that, just just think about this case. Just come back and listen to this episode or do research on your own and you will be angry again in no time. So on top of all that, on top of the three-hour trial, a jury of only white men, would you like to know how long it took for them to decide that he was guilty? 10 minutes. How did they assemble and leave the courtroom and go to wherever they were supposed to go to decide and then come back? How did they even do that in 10 minutes? Seriously. They're... There's so much wrong with this. I, I don't. I don't even know. This is needs to be a whole thing, a whole episode. Because what is happening? What ha- to like time travel to that? I wouldn't be able to do it, knowing what happens. I would fuck shit up for sure, um, because there's no way I could let that happen. But also, how, how, how? I I need to even. I need to seriously have a timeline and see how this is all possible. It's again, it's very clear. Everything was decided before anything was even done. But I guarantee you it was all decided before they even drove out to George's house. So on June 16th, 1944, 76 years ago today, folks, George standing at five foot one and weighing 95 pounds was strapped into a chair designed for adults. Um, (laughs) there's photos released showing him walking in to be executed, carrying a Bible that the priest was just reading to him right before. And, uh, they made him sit on it because he was too small, like an actual booster seat for the fucking electric chair. Are you shitting me? I'm not, I'm not shitting you, you guys. This is a true story. I could not have made this up if I tried. I would never have done that. I I um I am as speechless as you, but unfortunately I'm on a podcast and I can't I don't have the freedom to be speechless. I have to find my words and it's very hard for me even after all the research I've done, after everything, it's still very hard for me to formulate words because it's all absolute total bullshit. Um, so, so many things about this part too. So like, I, where do I start with this? The fact that he was using a booster seat and that happened to be the Bible. I'm not even a religious person, but like, fuck you, you, you're going to make this kid. It's just so disgusting. I'm so grossed out. I can't do this. Um, on top of that, he's got, so they show his little hands and like one of the electrodes, well, the one on the head wasn't fitting. Do you think they cared? Not even a little. Um, 
the the arms were like slipping out and then the one on his leg it wouldn't fit because he was too small because again he's 14 he's a boy and what else was there um let's see let's see there were so many other th- oh yes so the mask was too big again he was 14 he was a boy i'm not trying to annoy you i'm just can we all never forget this fact right here and it's not like this happened in 1918 or it was 1944 i am disgusted um on top of that when they turned on the electrocution and pronounced him dead it took four minutes why why would it take four minutes do you think to supply enough electricity to kill a 14 year old boy you'd think it'd be the opposite oh maybe if if the shit fit but it doesn't neither does the shoe of the crime if the shoe fits well this time it doesn't at all none of their equipment fits none of nothing about the crime fits it didn't happen by him it was not him and here we are there's no way there's no way they did not know that that every single person involved every police officer everybody involved there's no way in hell that they did not know that because if they did not know that they were absolutely functioning at a level that would not be okay for them to be in the position that they are in for sure i have 100 percent confidence in saying that because nothing fits you, even forcing things to fit it doesn't work and they did it anyways because he was black and a child an actual literal scapegoat that's what he was and I don't understand that concept either. I'm getting off track again, but this is important. I don't understand the concept of just doing things and moving around and action, 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 and none of it's accurate, but that doesn't matter because we're doing things. Why, how are you in that position and not wanting the truth? I, that I don't, I don't understand. I really don't. Somebody please help me understand. And also, how can you be supporting this knowing clear as day that this kid didn't do it do you know what that means do you did you ever does anyone ever stop and think about what that means that means the killer is not being accountable held accountable not only that who knows okay the way these girls were killed the railroad stake he used it to kill them straight straight through their heads and then drag them off into the woods to rape them that person is still out there does this not bother anybody for real anybody at all am i the only one i know i can't be i know i'm not but like what the in the actual fuck okay so do you know what else is really really sad about this that was the stupidest thing i've ever said all of it said to the very end he was so incredibly confused he kept asking why like and he were he's again 14 years old he's a child he is truly wondering, just like I am to this day, all these years later, George, I'm I'm on your side. I want to know too, dude. I want to know. Why would they kill me? I didn't do anything. Like he is saying the most tr- truthful thing of anyone around. Why are you doing this? I didn't do anything. And he's saying it so openly because he knows that they know that it's not even registering in his mind to word it a different way because everybody knows everybody knows including them that he didn't do it and that's why he's asking it that way why are you killing me i didn't do this not like why don't you believe me it's he doesn't have to say that because he knows that they know he didn't do it and that is right there 
I just nailed it right there through the heart. That's the whole thing. That's the whole problem right there. That's what is killing me. And it's done. That's, I mean, what am I going to do? But I can't help it. I feel so helpless because it's done and because it happened. And I, I just, I don't, we got to stop this. And yeah, you might be sitting there thinking, oh, it's not like that anymore. The jury's like, they get to pick and please stop talking, Susan. Just shut the fuck up for two seconds, please. Just stop. It might not look like that right now, but it is 100% absolutely still a very, 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 very huge issue. And it's just now being brought up in a way that we're all at the same time like, whoa, okay, we're all on board with this. And by that, I mean majority, but that doesn't happen often. And when it does, you can't, the momentum has been created. It's physics, okay? It's movement. We're moving. We're moving forward. The momentum has been created. And it's at a point now, it can't be stopped, even if we wanted it to be stopped. And I don't see anyone wanting it to be stopped except for the people who need to just like, again, hop on or bye. We'll see you never because you're, you're left in history where you belong if you can't shape up. Act right. So um, that part is sad to me. I mean, the whole goddamn thing is. And then there's also the fact that in the current, and I don't remember if it was in 83 days or not, but in the current, the there's a black priest who he's trying to get a hold of the arresting officers. He's trying to get a hold of the judge. He's trying to get a hold of everyone like over and over and over. And they're not, they're not even acknowledging him or in the way of even denying his letters or call, like they're not even giving him that fact. Like we see you, hear you, we're just not going to respond. They're, they're absolutely nothing. Kind of like unemployment right now <laughs> in Illinois, especially. They are so overwhelmed that they are just like, you know what? You do we exist? Did we? Are we just made up and people just think we exist? That's them. No hard feelings. I totally understand. I just think it's that was a great comparison. You're not even getting a denial. Like you don't even know because they're not. They are just so overwhelmed. They're not even answering you. Um, it's like that. And so he finally somehow gets an appointment with the governor. What was it? O'Neill or Ola? Oleum or Liam, I don't know, but that doesn't matter. Sorry, dude, but you don't matter because you didn't do shit. But um, he brings up a great point. He's like the congregation, you know, everyone at the church is very upset about this boy. And we just we really need something to be done. He's wanting to know how the state can kill a child. Same. I will. I still to this day want to know how the state can kill anybody. But that's for another. That's for a totally other time. Um, And the guy's like, the first thing he says, shit you not. Let me ask you, Reverend, these this these people, this congregation, are they are they mostly are they blacks? Are they all blacks? He says mostly, which right away I go, okay, I wanna go there and I wanna see the white people there and I wanna get to know them on top of everyone else, obviously. But like the doing that in nineteen forty four when it's supposed to be segregated at this area where they live in South Carolina. Fuck yes. I am so here for that. Love those people already. Um, and he's like, 
I can't even remember what he says after that, but I, I don't, I probably wasn't even listening because I was think, screaming, fuck you in my head. Like, what does it matter? Wh- I'm sorry. What, what, how does that, or is this a real question? Am I supposed to answer that? Of course, the reverend answers because it's 1944 and he's expected to because he's black and he doesn't matter. Um, and so then they keep talking and he's like bringing up the best, most basic shit. Like, hello, what's happening? Just same thing, different way, because it, you can only say it so many times that it's just all of it is wrong. That's that's the gist of it. All of this is wrong. And it is. And I feel like the governor knows that. But again, everyone knows and they just don't care. And he says that he can't do anything about it, blah, blah, blah. And then he also tries to educate. I'm huge quotes over here, by the way, educate the reverend on the fact you know reverend he admitted and blah 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 and then gave details about the rape fuck you no he didn't and if you believe that then again you're just as like you're so stupid i'm talking about the governor you're stupid and uh hold on i need a drink of water and so he's basically trying to like like give him inside info that's not real so it's you look bad governor not the reverend at all you look like shit but we all know that and that's just the way it's gonna be i guess and as he's leaving he also tells him if that if they weren't gonna kill him that the blacks would the blacks in his town are ready to form a mob and kill him okay a couple things how does that make it okay? Is that an excuse? Like you're doing them a fucking favor? Are you real right now? And then the look on his face is he's very real right now, guys. He really is. He's a real, real person. He's serious and he means it and he's so fucking dumb and I can't handle him. And then he's the other thing, like you're acting like you're doing them a favor. I can assure you that nobody black in that neighborhood is wanting to kill him and aside from the people who did chase his family away who were going to kill him i guarantee you that's not all the people in the the town they live in all the other white people who weren't a part of that would not want to kill him because they're not stupid and they probably see all this shit for what it is shit so i just wanted to punch him right in the face so many times like so many times and I can't because it's just it was just a movie and it's all not necessarily hearsay because the reverend all of this stuff has been researched and that's how they made this movie and it's so amazing. But all he does is he says, have a nice day, sir, governor. And the governor's like, call me Liam or whatever he said his name is. See, you're not important, governor, and that's why I don't know your name. And I, I will not know your name because you don't deserve it. It's FYI. So he leaves. And then it shows them leading him and chaining him up and making him sit on his booster Bible seat. Is that the name of the episode? Booster Bible seat or Bible seat booster? Bible booster? Booble. Okay, now we're getting, I'm getting a little too crazy. <laughs> Whatever the name of the episode is, it doesn't matter. This is the meat. This is the important part. And it shows um, how they have everything ready and in place kind of everything slipping and falling off because again he's 14 years old he's a child i'm not done saying that if you're wondering and he the guy who's 
got the control of the power switch is like nodding to the person in the back booth, like on the phone. And he nods to him to make the phone call, which is to call the governor one last time for a stay or whatever. So they call and it shows the governor turning on his sink and washing his hands and the phone's ringing, but he doesn't hear it. And I believe the reverend had just left. So for all we know, had he heard that phone call, he could have answered and he could have been fr- just fresh from meeting the, the reverend who was very polite and kind. And to the very end, when he's leaving after being told all this shit that's not even true, he doesn't even take the bait. He's just a peaceful person to the end. And who knows what he could have or would have said. He might have just said, you know what? I have a question or whatever. And the and the, gov- the uh, reverend was also fighting for points about how he didn't get a fair trial, which not even a fun fact because it's just the basic fact. He didn't. Um, spoiler alert, we're going to find out about that real soon too. And we just don't know what he would have said. And he might have just said, go ahead anyways. But it's that part of not knowing and not having that opportunity to hear the phone and possibly change the course of everything that is just the icing on this cake of total fuckery. So yeah, it's not pretty. I don't want to eat this cake and here I am. I have to eat it. So I just, you need to know that that happened. And that's to me so absolutely wild and devastating. And I'm thinking all the times I'm washing my hands when the phone rings, I swear the second I start running any water, someone wants to call me. I've got wet hands or anytime I'm trying to brush my teeth, it's that or brushing my teeth. I always get a phone call. I'm not even kidding you. It is absolutely hilarious, but it's not funny anymore because it may, now I'm going to be thinking about this and the same thing happened then and he couldn't hear the phone. Oh, so you're just like screaming at the screen. Oh my God. Or call again, something you should be, you should have to call until you get an answer. But then again, it's 1944. I highly doubt they're concerned about getting an answer and calling until you do if they're able to put a child, a 14-year-old child on a booster seat of a Bible and electrocute him while everything's falling off, nothing's working, and it takes four minutes because it's bullshit. Like, think about that too, four minutes. Go do something crazy for four minutes. Go run a sprint for four minutes. I mean, no, it's not a long time in the grand scheme of things, but it's a long time for someone to have to die. That is a long time to take to die, okay? When when you're going through something that's supposed to kill you. Does that make sense? That's a long time. Uh, and it's just mess. It's just so messed up. And his mask slips off and they there are still accounts like people had talked about it after the fact, especially when they were doing this research and reaching out to people involved for the movie and stuff. And when the mask fell off, the everyone said the same thing about his face. His, he was absolutely, his eyes were t- completely wild, which of, of course they are. Are you shitting? Like, what the fuck do you think they're going to be? And they also said he was just the look of terror. They all said the same thing, wild eyes. And he, he was absolutely terrified. And my chest is hurting thinking about that. For those two words to be said by the same, everyone said the same thing. That means that it was such a strong feeling in that room. Again, another question. Why would you want to, why, why are you there? What is wrong with you? I, what is wrong with the world and everyone? <laughs> Somebody tell me. Okay. 
So let's get back on track if I can salvage this little section here. Um, so the person who wrote this article that I'm using, I'm not just using article, I'm, I'm using every research I've done, but the one of the articles that I am talking about, the person who wrote it was so haunted by finding out that George's question about why would you kill me? I didn't do this. Why are you killing me for something I didn't do? Um, and he couldn't let it go. And he, he would like, as he's remembering things in his life about hearing things from other people, he remembered hearing about a white woman in Georgia who called the police because there was a black man babysitting two white kids. And she called because she just had a funny feeling. What the fuck are you talking about? Like recently we're talking and just like viral incidents of profiling and harassment, just like what's going on right now. And so many others black lives that are always consistently countless black lives consistently being inconvenienced because they're black persecuted pulled over things all sorts of that for things they did not do what is it that makes so many americans look at their black fellow citizens and see criminals seriously what is that so at the beginning and i don't know if i keep keep that part or not because i've had to do so many different edit is edit what what was that? <laughs> Editus? Okay. I've had to do so many different edits on this because just it's so difficult to talk about something that there's so much information about and then I can't help but go on tangents on my own. And so if I didn't, I am now. The Square One Project. It's a collaboration of students, academics, practitioners, advocates, and community leaders. And they established that group to grapple with George's question and many others in an effort of trying to reimagine justice in the United States, similar to the Innocence Project, by the way. So what they'll do is they take on fundamental issues of poverty and racial inequality, violence and safety, criminalization and punishment. Ding, ding, ding. That's a huge one. And then this project, they ask participants and members of the public to consider how justice policy would be different if we started over from square one. Thank you. I love that. But no reimagining of our common future would be complete without a reexamination of our past. Exact, that's exactly what is happening right now. We are saying this. You have, you have to, have to, have to look back and take in all, take in the stock of everything before you can look forward. You just have to. So the first square one roundtable took place at North Carolina Central University School of Law in Durham, North Carolina. And they did that to consider how the original sins of slavery, white supremacy, and settler colonial... <laughs> you guys, if I was reading in school right now, I would be terrified and so mortified colonialism continue to manifest in our criminal justice system today. So again, you have to realize the original sins of slavery, white supremacy, and the very beginning settlers, everything they did, it continues to manifest in our criminal justice system today. It continues to manifest in our world today. And this public forum brought together everybody 
important stakeholders, all sorts of things, all sorts of people with a very well experience, like a huge well of varied experience. So, and expertise. So what kind of experience do you have? You, 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 just like everything you can imagine and everyone, everyone just, I'm trying to think of the best way, not a lot of the same things, but like anyone and everyone they could find with from point one to point 12, A to Z, covering every single situation, possibility, expertise, experience, everything for the most complete picture and drawing on deep personal and community experience to consider discussion papers authored by leading researchers. Um, I need to take a real quick break and then I'll come back and finish up the rest of that and then the rest of what I want to say about George. The Innocence Project was founded in 1992 by Peter Neufeld and Barry Scheck at Cardozo School of Law, and it exonerates the wrongly convicted through DNA testing and reforms the criminal justice system to prevent future injustice. The Innocence Project's mission is to free the staggering number of innocent people who remain incarcerated and to bring reform to the system responsible for their unjust imprisonment. To get involved, you can go to www innocenceproject.org and join a movement of 800,000 plus supporters on a mission toward criminal justice reform. Your contribution helps us continue the fight for criminal justice reform and exonerate wrongfully convicted individuals. Every action makes a difference. Now I'm going to get into a little bit of some things that have come from this roundtable and things that are learned and really, really, I love this because of how it is spoken and how it is portrayed and how it, it just, it was like a light bulb for me that if I, yes, it's already gone off, but it just, it's getting brighter and brighter because it's being explained in different ways. And yeah, it, it's basically saying the same thing a hundred different ways, but it's, that's different than the whole, like, quote of sanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. This is different because it's just, it's really unlearning what is just like an inherent thing just because I'm white. And that is true. Okay. It's like, it, it just is. And it's also, so I'm unlearning that and then I'm re replacing it with something else, which is the actual truth. And it's not, it's not pretty, it's ugly, it's very ugly, and it's uncomfortable, but it's replacing it with that, and then that is getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger until it's concrete, and then I'm able to stand with that strong foundation, a new foundation. And it's not my fault, it's not anyone's fault, it's not black people's fault, it's nobody's fault. It's history, and it's happened. So now we need to, I mean... Yes, it is somebody's fault, but th what I'm saying is that doesn't matter. Get over that part because now you have to break that down and rebuild it. And that is your, yeah, you might be thinking, oh, but I didn't do anything wrong. Fuck you. Just stop it. Stop talking again. Seriously, Deborah, stop talking. <laughs> For real, stop talking. It doesn't matter that you didn't do anything per se. It is what it is, and it is absolutely your responsibility 
to do this, to do this work, to break it down and build it up regardless of what you did or did not do because it's not fourth grade and we're not, no tattling, okay? I don't care what the fuck, we're all in this, okay? All of us, all of our ancestors fucked this up, okay? And yeah, it is up to us to correct it and that's what we're doing. So again, get on board, jump on. This train is rolling, it's not stopping. We're only picking up speed. It's You need to get on now, okay? Or like I said, goodbye, you're in the past, like a fossil, don't be a fossil. Okay. Don't, don't do that. Don't be a fossil. Get on the train. It's, we have drinks here and snacks. I'm now I'm picturing this train. Like it's the hunger game train. Okay. This is just, it's getting late. I need to focus. Okay. So like I said, this part's going to be fun. I like it. I like learning things. I just, mm, I love it. And so I hope you do too. And if not, this is, I try to do it in the fun way. So then it, we're talking about colonialism and the settlers and slavery, all that. So then and now, bondage is business, incentivized by economic concerns and a desire for profit. Money, 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 always. So annoying. I get it, but so annoying. At the cost of what? That's my question. So Daryl Atkinson connected our history of uh, racialized social control and oppression to the present, noting that when you look at the leading incarcerators on the planet today, they're in the South. Daryl, can we get lunch or dinner, whatever? Drinks? I'm down. I need to meet you. The old masters sought wealth through plantation, agriculture, and trade in human chattel. Today, <laughs> you guys fucking coming for you. We are coming. We see you. We're coming for you. You are not getting away with, it, with this anymore. So back then it was through selling of humans and making them work on farms. Today, mass incarceration is a $182 billion industry. Do you guys hear that? Crickets. Because I don't know if you've ever stopped to think about this. We think about the justice system and the the court and we go to do this and the police officers and then we go to do that and blah, blah, blah. And it's a punishment. It's a business. Let's be real. It's a fucking business. Built, a business, by the way, built on the backs of poor black and brown communities. Oh, but what about all the white people there? Yeah, okay. I get it. We get it. Yes, that that too. But that doesn't, it is majority. Like we're saying here, most incarceration is in the South. And most people are incarceration are black. It's a whole thing, and I could take this paragraph and I could break it down more, but that's the problem. I've got more to tell you, and like, just remember this. Each paragraph, each thing you learn, you could break it down and down and down and down and then break that down and down and down, and you just got to keep going. You got to keep going. Um, so then and now, the imperatives of global ca capital required the logic of white supremacy. So in her seminal work, Slavery, Race, and Ideology in the United States of America, historian Barbara Fields notes that the transition from a reliance on temporary white indentured servitude to permanent black slavery led to the ideological evolution of racism. The establishment of the United States as a free society necessitated a countervailing justification of unfreedom. You guys... Do I need to repeat that? 
Oh my God. Beautiful. So fucking beautiful. She said that so well. And then she, here's a direct quote. When self-evident laws of nature guarantee freedom, only equally self-evident laws of equally self-evident nature can account for its denial. And that is where we have the Black Lives Matter issue when people say all lives matter. I'm going to pound my head against this wall if you don't stop saying that. No shit. Are you kidding me with this? You think that we don't know that? That's the fucking basic part. We're past that. But then again, I got to be, I got to remind myself, I don't want to scare anyone away with my anger. It's just like, dude, can you try a little, just try, please? Um, so then and now, questions of criminal justice and public safety were inextricably bound up in ideas of who deserved citizenship and inclusion and whose bodies would lie outside the protection and status bestowed by the law. So this girl, Leah Wright Regeer, I don't know how to say that, she says that black Americans have existed either at the margins of citizenship or have been excluded entirely, which is facilitating their alienation from the fruits of their labor and the exercise of the vote. The 13th Amendment abolishing slavery after the Civil War includes an infamous carve-out for incarcerated individuals, enabling a century and a half of forced labor in our prisons from chain gangs and convict leasing to the exploitative work for little or no pay prevalent in institutions today. So basically, no slavery, okay, okay, but it's it's just changed shape. It's just totally changed its form and then still continuing. I would just need to see. There's so many other things right now that I want to tell you, and they did such a great job, but I don't. Oh, I just don't want to. It's too much stuff. You know what? Okay, let's end it on this. Here we go. This is awesome. So today in Alkalu, thanks to the efforts of local residents, which I want to ring up that governor if he was still around and be like, listen, bitch, they were not about to go kill him. So fuck you. <laughs> okay, enough. I'm trying. I really am. Thanks to the efforts of local residents, again, local residents, they live there, okay? That's where he lived, and they live there. So they're the ones that did this. Just want to reiterate. There is a memorial gravestone to honor George Stinney, and it sits alongside Sumter Highway. Its inscription reads, George Stinney Jr., October 21st, 1999 to June 16th, 1944. Wrongfully convicted, illegally executed by South Carolina. Conviction vacated by court order dated December 16th, 2014. And it stands as a commemoration of a recent and wrenching past, as a prescient warning for our troubled present, as an accounting of our, of our, collect, our collective, collective debt to future generations of black boys will not be asked to pay with their lives. I have full body chills. My, I am and they are strong. They are almost painful. Amazing. So if you didn't know, 70 years later, six years ago, they, there was a judge after, the, so this came about a different, a lot of different ways. His family was begging for this to be relooked at while at the same time, the person doing the film, it was it Ray Smith. I should, I should know that. Um, 83 days was, 
researching and getting angry and actually taking it on his own. Like it, this became a part of his heart and it, that's why there will be a bigger movie because he, it changed him and he's changing the world with this, his 83 days in the future movie. And, and I think the two just kind of like circled and just collided and it was inevitable. It was fate. It was meant to happen. It was all on perfect timing. So I think all of that combined, however it happened, and it was brought to a judge who I'm skipping so many things right now, but I just, I got to wrap this up and that doesn't matter. All that matters is there was a judge and she was basically appalled. I think it was a she appalled by (laughs) the lack of trial that he had and how it was a disgrace and just an embarrassment on criminal justice system. And completely erased his conviction so his name was cleared 70 years later and his family i think i know he had at least one brother who was still alive i think he had other siblings i think he had a couple who were still alive and they were absolutely thrilled and it's just like okay yeah that's a good thing and i'm not trying to be negative nancy over here but i'm still over i i can't like I'm happy for you guys, but I'm still fucking angry. I'm so angry. And I hope you are too. And I hope you not enjoyed this. You know what I mean when I say that. I hope that you took this in and I hope it I hope it taught you something or changed you in some way, however small. Or at least I hope a seed was planted. And I hope that seed grows and grows and grows until it flourishes and breaks the soil. And then I hope you're able to do the work and that you do the work. I hope you get on the train with me. It's really fun here. It's super uncomfortable, but I I don't know. Maybe it's because I've been uncomfortable majority of my life because I'm constantly growing. I don't, I don't know. But, um, I feel like discomfort is a very small price to pay. It's embarrassing to even have to say that. Like, I'm sorry if you feel uncomfortable, but get the fuck over yourself. Do you think George felt uncomfortable? Do you think... Do you, I can't. I don't even want to talk about Floyd, Floyd right now, but he was pr- probably very uncomfortable. In fact, I know he was because I watched the Raw video, the one that actually forever has changed my life because... I don't know how I'm even talking about this. When that white woman, like, I can't handle that the cop wasn't doing anything but or stopping anything. But when the white woman, who's a fucking paramedic, says she's an EMS, EMT, whatever, and that she he needs to check the pulse and he doesn't. It's like, you just don't even care, dude. You literally don't even care. Also, the ambulance drivers, when they show up, how are they? They check his pulse, like, barely. Regardless, how are you not like get off of it? I am not even sure about protocol, but I'm not comfortable with that. If I were that person, I, again, I'm not trying to call anyone out that shouldn't be, but I can't, I would not be able to watch that. Like, I'd be like, dude, we're here to help you, but get off of him. I can't, I don't know how I just got into that topic, but everyone's uncomfortable. It's too bad get over it. You have to get over that and just do the damn thing. Okay. Hope you guys enjoyed. Um, this is a little bit longer than I expected, but again, I tried to edit it down. I tried to do so many different things. 
a lot of work went into this one and all I hope is that it was worth it. I hope that at least even one person out there is affected by this. Then I'm good. And so that tells me I'm good because I've got a very, very good group of listeners. And I'm so thankful for you guys, by the way. Love you so much. Thank you for being here. I hope you're having the best day ever and that you just continue to have the best day. I hope you get on the train with me, okay? By the way, this train is not stopping next week. I'm taking a week off. I need it. This one just... I feel physically, mentally, and emotionally drained. And I've got work to do like I said, and you do too. And I just, I need a, I need a break. So I will not be recording next week, but I will be back the following week. And, uh, yeah, I hope you guys had, I hope it had impact. Love you so very much. Have a great rest of your, whatever it is. Love you very much. I am going to bed. Goodbye. Peace. Oh, silly boy. Peace out. <laughs> Peace out. This is a Yellow Wave production.